What's going on, Victory Church? How you doing? Let's try that one more time because y'all need y'all to be. Today's an exciting day. Last Sunday, y'all had all this energy because we turned two. Now we're two in one day and y'all trying to be sleepy. How you doing, Victory Church? How you doing? All right, here we go. How you doing? My name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the incredible privilege to pastor Victory Church. And if you're visiting with us, let me tell you, welcome. You picked a great day to be here. As uh, Malcolm and Pastor Brian said, we are starting a brand new series called Find Your Circle. And so today's kind of the intro. I'm going to explain to you what we were talking about. But, but I want to start off by saying this. Find Your Circle isn't so much a sermon series as much as it is a campaign. Um, and, and part of that reason is because it's not so much about you coming in here and, and hearing some scriptural points and opening the Bible uh, and, and then kind of walking out of here and going, all right, what does that mean to me? It's way more about action steps as we move forward. We've got things planned all throughout this series. This series uh, has, is going to kind of come to an end. I'm going to share with you of something very exciting that's going to happen at the end of the series. And, um, it, but it's way more about you saying, hey, I'm behind what you're talking about, and I'm going to move to make what you're saying happen. So I was doing some research, and according to Barna Research, and I think y'all will agree with me on these two statistics, the number one reason that people leave large churches, so, so what they would call mega churches, you know, 1,000, 2,000, and, and so on, um, the number one reason why people leave large churches is they say it's too big and I can't get connected, right? And the same research, ironically enough, same research company said that the number one reason that people leave small churches is because they say it's too small, it's too clicky, and I can't get connected. Isn't that interesting? So they leave large churches because they can't get connected, and then they leave small churches because they can't get connected. And whether or not the, inter- the, the individual that they're talking to is right or wrong, I'm not trying to get into all of that, but whether or not the truth stands that this, we all desire to be connected, right? That's just, that's just something we want. We want to be, we want to, we want to have a, a posse. We want to have a tribe. We want to have a group. We're looking for connection. Now, there's a part of us that likes to come into a scenario like this and sit back and receive and then go home. But, but there is a part deep down in us that wants connection. Even the biggest introvert in the room. How many say I'm an introvert? Raise your hand. I already proved that you're not that much of an introvert because you raised your hand. But by those of even introverts, even those of you that like, I don't want to talk to anybody, deep down you want connection, right? You, you want friends. You want a circle. And so this whole series is kind of built around us not only pushing you to find your circle, but I'm going to reveal today it's really more about pushing you to continue to develop your circle. And so throughout this whole series, we're going to look at two characters in the Bible, Peter and John. Peter and John, we're going to be in Acts chapter 3 starting off. If you've got your Bibles, feel free to turn to Acts chapter 3. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen and on the app um, so that you can follow along that way or you can look on your phone. So Peter and John were a part of Jesus' circle, okay? So in case you don't have any context of this, Jesus, when he got into his ministry time in about three and a half years is what he had, from, from his ministry tar- starting to him being on the cross and dying, three and a half years, he started this concept where he built a circle of people. That's where they get the 12 disciples. So he kind of created this circle of friends, and they were 12 guys. And the Bible goes through all kinds of stuff, how he was even tighter with three and really tight with one, and so on, so on. But he had this circle. And Peter and John were two of the 12. They were a part of Jesus' circle. And when we catch up with Peter and John in Acts, Jesus has already gone to the cross died, resurrected, and then ascended to heaven. So Jesus is not walking earth anymore. But what you're going to see is that Peter and John learned something in those circles with Jesus, and now their job is to move forward and to create their own circle, and that is going to be how Jesus moves the gospel. 
Now, I wanted to say this later in the message, but I feel like this is the time to say it now. It blows my mind that Jesus had three and a half years to communicate the gospel to the world. And he did not, even though he had the fame to support it, he did not go to a large arena and open the doors and charge admission and sell popcorn and get everybody into the auditorium and then say, hey, here's the gospel. He didn't see it flowing that way because here's what he knew. If they weren't in the auditorium, the gospel would stop with them. So what he did is he literally invested into a small circle of people believing that they would then go from there and invest in their small circles. And if you've ever seen the pyramid schemes concept and all that, that it would just develop that way. And here's how we know it worked. You ready? Because today you are learning about the gospel. And so that's how we know it worked. Thousands of years later, this system worked. And so I think it's important, and I hope to show you today, and I hope you leave out of here going, man, he's right, that there is an importance that you find your circle. And so throughout this whole series, we're going to follow Peter and John. We're going to start in Acts chapter 3. We're going to look at eight verses. It's going to introduce this concept to us. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. So there were multiple times in the day that people would all gather at the local church and they'd have prayer together. At 3 in the afternoon is the particular time frame that they were going to. Now, a man who was lame from birth, so he couldn't walk, couldn't walk since birth, was being carried to the temple gate, which they called beautiful. The gate was called beautiful, where then he was put every day to beg from them going into the temple courts. So as people were filing into the temple for prayer, he would sit at the gate and beg for them to give him money. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money, to which Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, look at us. When I read that, didn't you all see that movie Captain Phillips? Did you see that movie? You know when that guy's like, look at me, look at me. I'm the captain now. Y'all remember that scene? All right. So that's what I, I just imagine Peter going, look at me. Y'all know? Okay. Have a movie night this afternoon. Watch that. It's an amazing performance by Tom Hanks. So the man gave them his attention, right? The man looks at Peter and John. Here's the interesting thing about Peter and John. Peter was bold, but John was compassionate. So because of Peter, they spoke, but because of John, they stopped. And sometimes we have to learn that that's the importance of our circle, is some people in our circle are the ones that will speak, and some people in our circle are the ones that will make us stop. So hold on to the sermon, you aren't ready for that. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter says, hey, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I'll give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Do me a favor, get, look at the person beside you, grab him and say, look at me. Grab him, say, look at me. Give him the best Captain Phillips, look at me. Say, look at me. Do it like this, look at me. All right? And then tell him the title of my sermon. You ready? As you got him, tell him, say, we are better together. We are better together. I think that's important for us to learn. Did, you, did any of y'all participate? Did you do the, look at me, look at me. I am the captain now. I'm having way too much fun with that. We are better together. Listen, we were all created for circles. We were, we were all formed and wired by God to have circles. And I, I was always been confident of this, and you're going to hear all throughout my message today why I'm confident in it. But more than ever, I was reading an article, and this spiked my confidence in it. This article was claiming that what the three top-watched shows were now in 2020. So, so all of the research up even to 2020, to, to right now, the three top-watched Shows. You ready? So you'd be like, man, you know, I don't know, Game of Thrones or whatever it is you people watch. And so, so here they are. You ready? Here, you ready? Here's what the three are. Frasier, 
playing field and friends. Do you know that the most recent episode of those three was in 2004? So 16 years ago, and I, I, I don't know how long Frazier and Seinfeld have been off, but that, that's the last time there was a new episode. Yet in 2020, Pastor Brian and Erica's daughter, Genesis, all right, her favorite show is Friends. And she's, she's like, I don't even know how old she is, bless her heart. So she's young, and, and it's still the most passionate show. And I'm like, what's happening? Well, why are these the most exciting and most watched? They're still winning awards. Everybody's freaking out because Friends is going off of Netflix. Why? And their article, the more it continues, here's what it said, watch this. It said, the, the reason these shows are popular is not because of the plot. Because if you know anything about these shows, they don't have a plot. Right? There's literally no purpose in the shows whatsoever. But what they said is they said the reason why people love it so much is because it's about a group of friends who all love each other. And here's what the guy literally said in his article. He said, and for the average human being, when we've worked all day and dealt with stress and drama, we want to come home and watch a group of people who love each other. Isn't that interesting? That, that just tells me that deep inside of us, there is this yearning for, to, for us to have this group of friends that just love each other. And you know if you've got a circle of friends, you might get at each other once in a while, right? You're not really good friends if you can't make fun of each other every once in a while. But, but it's just something about having this group of friends that you know when all else fails, they got your back, right? Like, like if you really need something, they're going to be there for you. Let, let me ask you a couple questions. How many of you would love to have a group of friends walk with you if your mom or dad was, was sick and possibly dying in the hospital. Would you, would you enjoy that? Yeah. How many of you would like a group of friends that, that would put together a meal train for you if you were having a baby and you know that you and your husband or you and your wife are going to be dealing with a newborn for the next couple of weeks? Would you, would you like that? Yeah? Okay. Just making sure you all are normal. Um, how many of you would like for if, if you were sick and you were at home and for whatever reason you weren't able to get out and get your own medication, how many of you would like to have a friend that you could holler at and they would go and get the medication for you and bring it back to you? Would you, would you like to have that? Like to have that as a friend? Um, how many of you would like to have a friend that would babysit your kids so you could go on a date for free? Right? Because that's the real problem. Is because I know the going rate to babysit my kids is a two thousand dollars a minute. Because I know how crazy they are. So I, I want babysitting, but I don't want to pay you to babysit them. It'd be amazing, right, to have some friends who would say, hey, I'll watch your kid, and then you go on a date, and then, hey, you watch my kids, and we'll go on a date. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't it be great to have a group of friends that you could go and watch the Super Bowl with or have a Labor Day cookout with or go hang out? Wouldn't that be great? Listen, all of those things I told you have happened with circles in our church over the past two years. Everything I described to you has happened at some point with a group of circle of people in our church. The thing that we want is made available to us. It's just whether or not we're going to pursue to get it, right? And so I want to help us find our circles. And here's how it starts. Number one, it starts like this. We have to understand that we need each other. Right off the bat, you, you have to understand that you need other people. There, there's something about the enemy who likes to get in our head and make us think that we can survive without anybody. I don't need them. Right? I don't, I don't need you. I don't need anybody. We need each other. Again, let's look at Acts chapter 3, just the first couple of verses, and watch this. One day, Peter and John are going up to the temple at the time of prayer, 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from what? Birth. That means this man cannot walk. So the man that we're being introduced to in Acts chapter 3, more than anybody, needs good community. 
because he can't get around anywhere. So he needs a good community to be able to come and help him. And so it continues. He was being what? Carried to the temple. Being carried to the temple. I don't know if you've ever tried to pick up a grown man before. But it's normally not a one-guy situation, right? There's normally two, three, four, five people that you need to be able to carry an individual. If we had to carry Pastor Brian somewhere, it would take like five of us, right? Because he's like 10 feet tall. And so we'd have to find a way. It, it would take a lot of us. So this guy's being carried. And then the scripture goes on to say, watch this, where he was put every what? Every what? Every day. You don't do anything every day. You don't even brush your teeth every day. You know what I'm talking about? Every day? Some of you are like, yeah, the person beside me don't at all. Like, you know, I mean, every day. Every day. Okay? Now, here's the problem. Is we read the Bible, but we don't read the Bible. Okay? So, I'm going to help you. Somewhere, there was a group of people that woke up, got dressed, and said, hey, we got to go get Leroy. And so they loaded up in the car or whatever it was on the horses, and they went over to Leroy's house. I don't know why I'm calling him Leroy. And they open the door, and they go in, and they're like, man, LR. And so they pick him up, right, and they gather him, and they get him, and they walk. And have you ever tried to walk carrying a person? You don't walk like this carrying a person. So everybody's like doing the shuffle, you know, all the way, all the way. They're, they're not rich. They don't have a Lamborghini. So they're just walking all the way to the temple, all the way to the temple. And all right, let me ask, how many of y'all ever helped a friend move? You ever helped a friend move before? All right, how many of you hated that you did it? I'm not asking any of y'all to help me move. <laughs> Watch this. What if you had to do it every day? You'd be like, deuces, right? <laughs> every day they carry this guy. Every day. And they set him down at the gate. And then I, the Bible doesn't really go into this kind of detail, but this is what I have to assume from what I'm reading. They then leave. Because he has to sit there during that whole time that people are entering into prayer for, or entering into the temple and leaving the temple. So they have to go do something, whether it's go to work, whether it's go home, whether it's go get, you know, uh, some, some nan bread or something. I don't know what it is. But they're going to do something. And then they have to come back and pick him up and shuffle and take Leroy all the way back home and put Leroy in. And most of us would be like, whoo, that dude better, he owes me. He owes me. And then you go home and find out you have to do it again tomorrow? Listen, this guy is about to experience a real shift in his life. But it would have never happened if he didn't have the right community. Right? If he doesn't have people that are going to be willing to carry him there, then he doesn't experience the change. And what I think, you know, again, the whole word for our year or the word for the year is shift. And we want individual change in our life. We want this and we want that. But listen to me. Individual change always begins at a community level. Individual change always begins at a community level. My youth pastor used to tell me this. Show me your three best friends and I'll show you your future. I, I felt the Spirit of God tell me this statement for us. You are the sum of your circle. You're the sum of your circle. We, we, we need it. We want to experience change in our life, but in order to do that, y'all, we have to have the right community. There has to be somebody there to help us, and we have to be there to be able to help somebody else. Did you know that since the beginning of time, since the, before there was an earth, before there was a you, since the beginning of time, God has been about community. For example, if you've been raised in church, you might have heard somebody say this before. You were made in the image of God. You ever heard somebody say it before? You were made, you know what, honey, sweetheart, you were made in the image of God. Well, I'm about to destroy your theology, okay? 
Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, watch this. Then God said, let us make mankind in what? Our image. Doesn't say his image. Our image. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So from the beginning of time, God was about community. It's what God was about. It wasn't, I'm going to do this, Holy Spirit, Jesus, you stay over there because I'm God, right? It was all about community. So if God is about community, when he formed us, guess what we're about? Community. If our Father in heaven was all about, no, no, let's do this together, what makes us think that we can be Christians and want to do it alone? It, It just doesn't line up. And so here's what I believe. I believe, and this is my statement for you, we were formed for friendship. Formed for friendship. If you are in this house and you call yourself a Christian and you are like, I don't want to talk to anybody. First of all, you're lying. Second of all, you're wrong and you're hurting yourself. We were formed for friendship. And I even believe this. I believe that there are people over here, and you don't know it yet, but one of your best friends is sitting over here. And then there are people over here, and you don't know it yet, but some of your best friends. And here's how I know it. Darla and I moved three and a half hours away from our house, where we lived for 32 years. We moved three and a half hours away. And if you would have grabbed me and said, you are going to meet some of your best friends in Smyrna, Tennessee, I'd have said, you are crazy. You've been drinking Smyrnoff, Tennessee. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's not happening. And and I have met some of my best friends friends. I was thinking about this, Brian and Nikki Hall, two of my best friends. They were doing life for 30 years without us, and we were doing life for 30 years without them, and we were fine. But when we moved here and God put us together, life is different. See what I mean? So so I'm going to help you with this, and we're going to do a couple of experiments to find out. We're going to do a couple of, you know, which one you like better, and I'm going to get you to be able to find out who your friends are. You're going to know who your friends are, and you're going to know who you don't ever want to hang out with again, okay? I'm kidding. That's it. Again, sometimes opposites attract. Girls, guys, I'm trying to get you somebody. Pay attention. Okay. Um, first, we're going to do Coke and Pepsi. All right? So here we go. So if you're a Coke person, raise your hand. If you're a Coke person, raise your hand. Look around. Look around. So some of you are like, we're married? Coke person? All right. All right. Put your hands down. If you're a Pepsi person, put your hand up. There we go. Six of you. All right. There we go. It's like... <laughs> I'm doing them a solid. You know what I mean? All right. So, so we get an idea, get a little bit of idea. Um, all right. Let's go to Skittles or M&M's. All right. Now, now this matters to me because we're about to find out who's a Christian and who's not a Christian. And so um, if you like Skittles better, raise your hand. Man, I have to pray for y'all. Could you write your names down on a sheet of paper? Um, let's make sure. Let's send all of them. Never mind. Okay. All right. If, if you're an M&M person, put your hands up. Hey, there we go. There's my heaven, folks. There you are right there. All right. M&M's? Uh, um, okay, let's see. Uh, let's try some more. How about, all right, cats or dogs? All right, now this could split up. This is, this is like politics. This could split the house up quick because some of you like animals and some of you like devils. You know what I mean? And so uh, here we go. Uh, how many of you are dog people? Put your hand in the air for dog people. All right, there we go. There we go. All right, hands down. And then how about my cat people? My cat people. There we go. There we go. Uh, here's what's crazy. I'm going to blow all your minds. I'm a cat person. I'm a cat person. Um, and so they're like, yeah, we're going to a different church, honey. Get your bag. Get your purse. We got to go. Life point is like 10 minutes away. We got to go. Um, and, and so, all right, all right, now this one, look, this one, we're about to get real spiritual. This one, this one matters. This, this, this one, all of those were just for fun. But, but this one, it, it, dictate, it dictates uh, the, the future of your living in, in the world. 
Toilet paper over or under? Okay. So, let's try this. First of all, subcategory that you use toilet paper. That should be everybody, okay? Um, but, but, so toilet paper over. How many toilet paper over? Yes, yes, my, my friends, yes. All right, and toilet paper under. Toilet paper under. Why, man? You got to get off the toilet and, like, get up in there to be able to even get the toilet paper. Like, that's, that's not even God. You know what I mean? Like, what? Like, the whole world is getting a shot. Um, uh, all right, one last one. My wife said I had to put this one in. Even though it might alienate some of you, I had to, she said I had to put this one in. Office or Parks and Rec? All right, so, so office people, let me see your hands. All right, Parks and Rec people, let me see your hands. Some of you are like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Okay. All right. And the toilet paper one's the one that mattered. Don't worry. Toilet paper is the one that, that's the one I was deciding my life around was the toilet paper. Um, but, but so now you know, right? So now you know, like, man, we got some, we, we got some people here in common. Like, I got a best friend over there. They like Coke, dogs, and they put the toilet paper over. Like, that person is a Christian. Like, that, that's awesome. We should hang out together. And, and I think it's important for us to understand this because, listen, I think that one of the reasons why we are so unfulfilled is because we are a community created creature that is living in a culture that is trending towards individualism and isolation. Think about that. Now, that was very wordy for me, but think about it. We are community-created creatures. We've already established that. Living in a culture that is trending towards individualism and isolation. And if you come here regularly, you hear me talk about this all the time. It drives me crazy because we can go get groceries, right? We can go get groceries and not talk to a human being. And I remember when me and my dad would go get groceries when I was a kid. I mean, we would stop and have conversation with people in the grocery store. Because, you know, you'd see somebody you hadn't talked to in a while. It's like, hey, Bobby, hey, Greg, you know, whatever. Um, Leroy, I'm doing, doing away with that name. And so you would sit there in the grocery store and you would talk for a minute. Like, man, we should get together. Yeah. And then you got together. And that's how it would happen. But, but now you don't even have to get out of your car, right? And you get your groceries and you drive to your house and you drive into the garage and you close the garage before you get out of the car because you don't want anybody to be like, hey, 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 how are you? Just want to tell you, right? So you're like, all right, and then you get out because you don't want to talk to anybody, right? Because we're just, we're isolated, but yet we are community-created creatures, and for some reason we are isolating ourselves. That's the way it's trending, and I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's dangerous for us, honestly. If we're not careful, it becomes dangerous. Um, I, I read this story in this book that I thought you pet people will really enjoy this. I thought this was an interesting story. So this family bought a dog. And then after having the dog for about six months, maybe a year, they went on their first family vacation. So they had the dog, never been on a family vacation. Then they left on a family vacation after about a year of having the dog. They took the dog to one of those, like, dog hotel, daycare type thingies. And they left the dog there. And then for seven days, they went on a family vacation. Okay? Cool deal. They come back. They pick up the dog. They take the dog into their car. And as they're petting their dog, balls of his hair or fur or whatever is in, in their hands. So as they're petting the dog, they're like, what is going on? And they're petting the dog, and he's freaking them out. So when they get home, the dad calls the vet and says, hey, here's what's going on. And the vet says, okay, this is actually pretty common. Um, it, it's because the dog needs community with you, and you've been gone. And so the dad's like, all right, what kind of medication do I need to get? And he goes, no, you don't need any medication. He said, do me a favor. He said, for the next seven days, put aside two hours a day to spend with your dog. So he said, sit on the couch and watch TV and pet him, take him outside and throw the ball, but spend two hours with them. And according to this family, within three days, within three days, the hair stopped falling out because they had spent two hours continuing with them. 
And that just shows you how much that dog needs community, right? So think about this. If the dog needs community that bad, how much more do we need it? And if it's causing a dog's hair to fall out, then what is it doing to us when we don't have it? And I love in the book of Hebrews, Paul writes this letter, and he's addressing our need for community and the fear of it stopping. So watch what he says. He says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So go ahead and throw that up on the screen for me. So let us think of ways to motivate one another in acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect, uh, let us not neglect, watch this, let us not neglect our meeting together. Let us not stop meeting together. Watch what he says. As some people do. Some people have stopped having a circle. Some people have stopped hanging out with others. Some people have isolated themselves. Some people have, have put in their life individualism. Some people have done it, but we don't need to stop doing it. Keep meeting together. And he goes on to say, but instead, encourage one another. Another version of the Bible says, spur one another on. Get them excited. Get them pumped up. Tell them they're great. Get them, encourage one another. Don't stop meeting together, but instead encourage one another. And here's what I thought was interesting, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. This was written over thousands of years ago. So how much closer is the day of him drawing near now? So if they shouldn't have stopped meeting together then, we definitely don't need to stop meeting together now, right? And here's what I think Paul was saying. If you take Paul's verses in Hebrew, you take that story about this dog, and I put this sentence together, that when it comes to our depression, when it comes to our anxiety, when it comes to our fear, when it comes to our pain, I think isolation intensifies it, and I think community helps cure it. No matter what you, if, if you say, man, I suffer from depression, then I'm telling you, when you isolate yourself, you make it worse. I suffer from anxiety. When you isolate yourself, I need to be, I, I suffer, I need to be. No, when you isolate yourself, you make it worse. But when you have community, real, I don't mean you have to go to a club with 200 people. But when you have good community, it helps bring a cure, right? So, so far, up to this point, I don't feel like any of you really disagree with me. See me I've seen a lot of nodding heads and a few couple amens. So, so you're with me on this, that this is a real deal, that we should care about it, that it is effective. So then my question becomes, then why don't we do it? Right? If we know it, if we know without a shadow of a doubt that this is healthy for us to have community and to have a circle, then why don't we do it more often? And here's why. Here's why I think we don't do it more often. Because real community takes a real commitment. Right? So I wanted, I wanted to take this, I wanted because the Lord really laid this on my heart. So I wanted to take it, I wanted to illustrate it for you using my life, but I want you to be able to see it. And here's how cool Miss Erica is. Miss Erica designed it into the logo of Find Your Circle. So, so, so don't put the logo up yet, but you can see down here in the corner was the logo that she has. And you didn't even realize, you just thought it was a couple colorful bars, right? And it's all cute, ah, oh, it's adorable. And you didn't realize that there's a purpose behind it, okay? So here's what I'm going to talk you through. We all have different circles, you have about five, six, seven, eight, ten circles. But I'm going to illustrate it through, through me. And with every circle, there's a different level of connection. But the different levels of connection are dictated by the levels of commitment. Okay? So let me explain it to you. First circle. So throw up that first circle for me. This is going to represent, right, I don't know if y'all can see these people right here. This represents the circle of people in my life that I have a very small connection with, but it's very small commitment. So I'll give you an example. There's a guy at the gym. His name's Roger. And I have met him a couple times, and we've talked a couple times. But majority of the time, I see him once, maybe twice a week at the gym. 
and he's normally about his business, and I'm normally about my business, so I've got my headphones in, and he's got his headphones in, and, and literally 99% of the time, our conversation is a fist bump. I just walk by, I keep going, he keeps going, right, he's working out, I'm working out, we just, that's it. That, that's the level of connection. Now, he has my number. If he was ever to text me and ask for something, I would do all I could to get it to him. But that is the level of our connection. Right there. But do you notice the level of commitment? I don't even have to take off my headphones. I am not committed to this relationship, right? I, I can just, I can, I can do the fist bump from across the gym. Right? There's not much commitment there. But there's also not much connection, right? You can put that next level up there. Next level is a different circle. This represents a guy at the gym named Lanny. Lanny is the older gentleman that I talk to pretty often at the gym, and every time I see him, I take my headphones off because we're going to speak. We're going to have conversation. Very wise man, loves the Lord. And so there have been times where I'd be upstairs praying or whatever, and he'd come up there because he knows where I'm at, and we'll talk for 45 minutes. And we'll just walk and talk about Jesus for 45 minutes. And I'll, I'll pause my, my, my song or whatever, and we'll just be talking. And, and, and one time when we went to Disney, took the kids to Disney, he got the girls a gift card to Disney. Isn't that incredible, right? You know, Christmas presents and old Charlie's gift cards because there's a, more of a commitment there, so there's a stronger connection, right? Does that make sense? So I, I have to take my headphones off with him. See, can I tell you, here's what most of us do. When we see the individual that is going to talk to us, we're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, here comes Betty. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to have to talk to her, right? We'd much rather be like, that's the, kind of, that's the kind of commitment we want. But then we wonder why the connection's not there, right? Oh, I went to the gym today and Betty didn't speak to me. Well, I wonder why. Because every time she comes to you, you're like, oh. you know what I mean? Like, like that because there's no commitment, there's no connection. You see what I'm saying? Then, then there's the next circle. All right, the next circle, I, I got a couple of pastor friends that pastor in this area. So uh, Brian Bratcher, who pastors Christ Community Church, and uh, Stephen Haley, who pastors in Nolansville, J.D. Ost, who pastors in uh, downtown Nashville. I got some buddies that, that I hang out with that pastor local churches in the area, and they're doing incredible things. And I spend some time with them. Brian Bratcher uh, at CCC, they just recently got, like, a, a building. And so I went and had lunch with him, and we went and toured his building and looked at it, and I heard his stories, and it was amazing. And then, and then I've, I've hung out with J.D. before for an entire day and just talked church. But, but I'll be honest with you. I don't talk to them every day, but if one of them were to text me right now and say they need something, I'm going to do whatever I can to get it to them. So the commitment is more because I've actually had lunch with them. I've never had lunch with Roger. i never had lunch with Lanny, but I've actually given hours of my day. I've actually missed time with my kids and time with my wife to be with JD or to be with Brian. And so that's more, more of a commitment, but watch this. It's more of a connection. Brian Bratcher told me, we got in the car one day, he said, did you know that Christ Community Church, his church, he said, you know we pray for victory every day? I said, say what? That's incredible. And the connection level there comes because it comes with a commitment level, right? And that's what these are. Shoot up the other two all the way to the green one. And so it's just kind of giving you an idea that you have all these circles, and these circles are fine. It's okay for you to have a circle with some people that you don't talk to a lot. It's okay. But the more that goes, you all have circles of people that the connection is really strong, but so is the commitment, right? One of my strongest circles is the directors here at Victory Church. And it's also one of my biggest commitments. And it's not even enough, to be honest with you. There's a lot of times where we're not connected enough because we got kids and jobs and different things. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. If you want this kind of circle, you need to be prepared to give that kind of commitment, right? Because naturally, what we all want 
is we want this circle with this commitment. I want you to talk to me when I want to talk. I want you to come over when I want you to come over. We, we don't want that commitment, but we want that connection. And it doesn't happen. The only way that you're ever going to have a circle of really good connection is because you're willing to give up a lot of commitment. And, and what I have seen before, and it does frustrate me, is that when people keep saying they want something, but they aren't willing to do what it takes to get it, right? And the idea is, hey, we want this. After we introduced it last Sunday, Pastor Brown was telling me he had a couple people come up to me and go, man, I can't wait to find my circle. can't wait to find my circle. I'm telling you right now, what we have in plan is literally, I cannot wait to, to give you the second part of this message because I think I'm going to throw you off where we're going with this. But it's an important deal. But you have to be ready to put in some commitment, right? I, I read this quote by Paul Tripp. He's an author. And he put in a quote about groups and connection. And I thought this was really profound. He says, we weren't created to be independent we were made to live dependent on God and others. I love this line. Our lives were designed to be community projects. Isn't that great? Any of y'all watch Chip and JoJo or J Janes or Janes or Johns? You know what I'm talking about? I'm sorry, Andrea. I know that was offensive to not be able to know her. All right. Here's what's so funny. They're, they're, the, they're the stars, right? But you watch all the people behind working. Am I right? Because it takes a lot of people. Can I tell you something? You, are you ready? Say me. You're a community project. You need a lot of work. We need to renovate you. We need to put on some new siding. We need to take out them old cabinets. You need some work. And the only way we can really work on you is with a group of people. I love that. Our lives were designed to be community projects. Yet, the foolishness of sin tells us that we have all that we need within ourselves. So we settle for relationships, that first one, that never go beneath the casual. How you doing? I'm doing good. Can we talk for a minute? Nope. And then I go home and go, well, no, nobody talked to me. We tried, but you wouldn't let anybody beneath the casual. We hold our struggles within, not taking advantage of the resources that God has given us. What are the resources? The resources are circles. Now, let me confess to you and apologize on behalf of all of the churches of America, okay? And here's why. The churches of America, not just Victory, Victory certainly included, the churches of America know this about you. They know that people who follow Jesus need connection. They know that they need a circle. It's literally all throughout the Bible. This is what Jesus did. You, Jesus went to church, but Jesus was way more passionate about his circle than he was the church. So can I tell you what happened? The church, you can take that off the screen. The, the church sat back and said, we got to help our people get connected. So they did what they thought made a lot of sense, and they introduced small groups. Now, in some environments, that works. Don't, don't, don't hear me bashing. Don't leave and go, my pastor bashing small groups. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. There's a lot of avenues where that works. But here's my point. When you tell somebody you need to get in a small group, what you're ultimately doing is handing them another circle. Right? And I already can't juggle all the circles that I have. I'm committed here because this is, this is my group. But I'm not really, you know, I got some folks I work out with, and I'm not very committed to them because, you know, I got to work out with them. And so you have all these circles. You know, you got your, your, the people you work with and your family. I don't know, some of us are family people, some of us aren't. You got all these circles you're trying to juggle, and you're trying your best. You really want to be committed to all the circles, but you can only choose commitment in a couple. And to be honest with you, it's this circle that you have fun with, if we were honest. So I'm going to hang out with this circle, and I'm going to call mom later. You know what I mean, kind of thing. And so you got all these circles that you're juggling. Watch this. And the church is like, I want to help you. I want to help you. So here's another circle. And it's like, ah, and you don't want to give the commitment to that 
because most of the time what a small group is about 10 people that you don't know sitting in a house that you've never been to going over scripture that you aren't 100% confident in and then they turn to you and go, now tell me about your personal life. And you're like, grab my jacket. Like, nope, right? <laughs> and so it's another circle. And that's why a lot of times it fails because you're already struggling, juggling the other circles. So, so here's where I'm about to turn this on its head for you. The concept of find your circle isn't to give you a new circle. It's to help you make your current circle better. You're like, ooh, what does that mean? Break down the Hebrew and the Greek of that. Thank you, I will. Okay, so put Acts chapter 3 back up for us after this. So we're making our circles better. Now watch this. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting, expecting to get something from them, right? Then Peter says, silver or gold I do not have, but what, what I do I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. For most people, that's where the story stops. Ooh, he got up and he started praising God, it said, and then he goes into church with Peter and John, like, yeah, this is awesome, God here. And then we move on to the next miracle story of Jesus. If y'all know the way I read the Bible, it's a little bit different. And so I had to put myself there for a second, all right? Now, we've understood who Leroy is. Now you got, give me a name. Put you on the spot. Give me a name now. Hurry up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what kind of church is this? <laughs> Billy Bob and Leroy going down to the temple. I'm going to get them some rope. Never mind. Okay. Um, here comes Billy Bob. All right. So, so check this out. So Billy Bob has dropped Leroy off at the temple. Billy Bob has gone to work or to get some nan bread or whatever it is he's doing. And the alarm goes off, and it's time for him to go back and get Leroy again and bring him home. Right? So here comes Billy Bob. Man, I can't even. I'm so sick of this. If I have to pick him up one more time. I tell you what, I'm going to lose my mind. This is, this is ridiculous. Can't he get a scooter or something? Don't they have like one of them seats that just go up the staircase or something like this is getting ridiculous. And they get to the gate called Beautiful and he ain't there. He's like, whoop, uh-oh. We lost Leroy. <laughs> and they're sitting there, they don't know what to do, and church lets out and out comes Leroy with Peter and John, and he's grinning from ear to ear, right? Because his life has been shifted, and things have changed, and he's talking to Peter and John. He's like, yeah, man, we should get together and go get some Mexican food, because that's what Christians do. And so he's like, you know, we should hang out. We should. And he comes down, and Billy Bob and the crew, they're like, what happened? What happened? And he's like, oh, man, I got to tell you about Jesus. He's like, I got to tell you about something that happened. I was healed. And they start to walk together. Now watch this. This is so phenomenal to me. When God opened this up to me, you don't see Peter and John go, Leroy! Leroy, ah, you can't hang out with them no more, brother. You're healed. Get over here. Get over here. Hang out with us because we're the Christians. I just had this moment where Leroy is walking back with his circle, and he's like, I got to tell you what God has done in my life. And I pictured him looking back over his shoulder at Peter and John, and Peter and John are like, right? And Leroy's like, and then the Mary Tyler Moore music starts, and that's how the show ends. Right? It's just an amazing moment. And so this is where we tend to get it wrong is we're like, hey, hey, you need Jesus. You need community. Leave your community and come be with Christian community where you can learn more about Jesus. And you're like, wait a minute. I like those people. Those people carried me to the gate day after day after day after day. All you did was say a miracle, and all of a sudden I'm supposed to leave them and be with you? What if I just take the miracle that I experienced from you and go and share it with them? What if I take my circle 
but I just make it better? What if I elevate what God's already doing in my life to a level where they can be impacted by the same God that I'm being impacted by, right? So I'm going to take a second, and I'm going to get real logistical. I don't normally do this in case you're visiting, but I have to do my best to explain this to you so that you understand what we're doing, and there'll be a lot more explanation over the next few weeks. We've got so many things planned for you and ways to help you kind of linger and connect with people that maybe you didn't have a chance to connect to, and it's so cool. But here's what I'm excited about. You already have a circle. Like right now, you have a circle. You're going to go eat lunch with people. And here's what's cool about your circle. Some people in your circle go to Victory Church, and some people don't. Some people are saved, and they go to different churches, and some people aren't. But it's organically your circle. You know what I mean? It's the people that carried you to the gate for a couple years, and you've carried them a couple times. They held your hair back. You held their hair. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all been through some stuff. It's your circle. You already have a circle. So here's what we want to do. We want to help empower you to be the guy that's been restored and miraculously healed by Jesus. Go and make his circle better. So we'll do a lot of leading up to it, but basically at the end of this series, we are producing a box. We have a picture, an example of what it's going to look like, but it won't do it justice because you won't know what's in it. Got that picture for me to show me an idea? The box? Here we go. Yep. There we go. All right. It's called a Find Your Circle Box. This is so cool. Pastor Brian's been working on this. It's going to be amazing. You get the box, and you text the number that's on the box, and it registers your box, all right? And you can register your group. You, you name your group. It's like fantasy football. You can name it whatever you want to name it, right? Like, it's just amazing. And so you name your group, and inside the box is five videos. Those are links to five videos, five ice-breaking ideas. And we're getting creative, y'all. It's going to have dice in it and beach balls in it. Like, it's all these cool icebreaker ideas. It's going to have snack recipes in it. Can I get an amen? Um, it's going to have a calendar, which I'm going to explain in a minute. Calendar. It's going to have all this stuff in it. And you get to say, hey, I want to host a circle. So you come and get the box. Box complete for you. Just take the box. Church pays for it. Your ties and offering pay for it. Praise God for you. And so you take the box and watch this. For five weeks. So it'll start at the end of February. It'll go five weeks. That's all we're asking is five weeks. For five weeks, once a week, you are inviting your circle to your house. You pick the time. You pick the night. It's up to you. You don't have to, well, we all got to gather on Wednesday night or we can't gather. You pick the time. You pick the night. Your current circle. Say, man, come over to my house. You come over. You do these fun games. Maybe you made some buffalo dip or however creative you are, right? And you hang out together. And then you put this DVD on and this link on, and I pop up. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Found your circle. And for like two or three minutes, I'm going to bring from you John chapter, I'm going to bring out of John chapter 13 through 17, where Jesus taught his circle five things, five things. And I'm going to share about it two or three minutes, and I'm going to introduce some questions, and then you get to turn around and you get to facilitate your circle on those questions. Here's what I love about it, is it's taking a lot of the responsibility as far as like, uh, I have to be spiritual, or I have to know the Bible, that, we're taking that off of you. But we're putting the responsibility of loving people on you. See what I mean? And so you get to take that here, conversate, hang out for five weeks, just for five weeks. All right, now watch this. Once that's over, it'll be the week of Easter. So you can look at your circle and go, hey, you got to come to my church for Easter. We're going to have inflatables and an adult egg hunt. Pastor Brian's going to be in a bunny costume. It's going to be amazing. I don't know if that's true, but I hope it's true. <laughs> and so they come to Easter, you know, possibly. If they don't, who cares? But if they come, that's great. Watch this. A couple months later, or a week and a half later, or a month and a half later, the church has a church picnic. And you're like, hey, 
Come on, let's go to this picnic together. And you're playing flag football or, or whatever it is where you throw the frisbee. Um, uh, and you're just hanging out and doing all this stuff. And, and you're having like you know, uh, uh, Labor Day parties together. It's your circle. It's the people you're already hanging out with, right? I'm not asking you to hang out with people you don't know. You're hanging out with people you already know. And then watch this. When the fall comes about, you can serve together. That's what the calendar is going to have. It's going to show you all these opportunities that you can bring your circle and be together. Then in the fall... We're going to ask you to do it for five more weeks again. Five more weeks again. And it's going to lead right up to the ending of At the Movies and the Fall Festival. Right? So it'll be happening during At the Movies and then it'll lead right up to the Fall Festival. Now watch this. Out of 365 days a year, we're asking you for 10 of them. 10 of them. That's not even 10%. But here's what's going to happen. You're going to be empowered in this circle that's already your circle. And you're going to hang out with them naturally because you want to not because Troy told you to. And something's going to happen, and that group's going to build, and you're going to have that circle. And I believe, if that doesn't happen, I don't care. But I believe, because they're going to see all, they're going to see how awesome you are, and they're going to be like, the dude on the video is pretty cool. And they're going to come to church, and then they're going to, you're going to serve together, and you're going to be at the picnic together, and God's going to start moving, and you're going to have these incredible moments, and the circle's going to always grow, because your friends are going to have friends, and you're going to meet new friends, and it's just going to be the most phenomenal way of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in the way he originally attended. You see it? Can you catch it? So here's the other side of it. Because there are introverts. And there are people that go, hey, I don't want to host one. But I sure would love to be at one. And so we're going to do some things strategically in the next couple of weeks where we're going to try, for those of you that are in here that say, man, I'd love to come to a circle, but I don't really want to host one. We're going to do our best to give you the opportunity to, to you know, shake hands and talk to people who are going to host them. And so regardless of who you are in this room, whether you want to host one or whether you just want to attend one, the opportunity is there. I just feel like it's the most organic way to do this, Jeff. Like, like I was telling Pastor Brian, I was like, this is so us. Because it's not, it's not the way that it's always been done. It's organic. And it's natural. Let me take you to a different side of it. Last Sunday, probably one of the best Sundays of my life. Church is over. And because of our incredible dream team, incredible dream team, I get the privilege to hang out in the lobby and chit-chat while they clean up confetti and blow up vacuum cleaners and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sitting there talking to these group, this group. I'm going to tell you who they are. I'm going to embarrass them a little bit. So you got Josh and Jessica Fan right here, right? And then you, so just incredible, incredible couple for God. Then you got, well, I like to call her the fireball for Jesus. It's Rachel. She's right here. There she go. There she go. And, and so Rachel has a friend from work. And then you got JC, her husband Rob, and their mom, right? right? And we're all sitting there talking. Now watch this. Watch this. Spirit of God just drops in my head. He goes, hey, you're in a circle. It was the coolest moment because we weren't really talking. We were just chit-chatting. 49ers were obviously going to win, and we were talking about that, right? Sorry, Pastor Brian. Sorry. Didn't know what was going to happen. So we're in the circle. And, and I'm thinking about it after it's over, and I'm like, you got these men and women who are so anointed by God to impact. If you've ever been around the people I just named, there's just something. I mean, they're just anointed. They're just great people, and they're on fire for God. And it's a disservice to the gospel, and it's a disservice to you and your anointing. If I don't put you in a position to be empowered, to be able to be used by God like that, to reach people that God has naturally put around you. And so I'm in a circle with these people, and I'm like, what's going to happen when one of them opens their house and four or five or six or seven or eight people that I don't know and may never even meet come into their house and watch Rachel, who they knew not too long ago, right? And she was in front of the gate called Beautiful, but she wasn't jumping and praising. And they go, man, there's something different about this girl. I got to know what's different. And she goes, well, look, I don't have a Hebrew degree, but I can tell you about Jesus. 
And then life change happens. And my goodness, that's the church. This is not the church. That's the church. Right? That's the church. And so this has to be a moment where you can be empowered. I get the privilege to go out there and shake hands. And every Sunday I'm shaking. I'm talking to Keon. I'm talking to Jermaine. I'm like, these are the most incredible men I've ever met. And they literally have an anointing on their life to change people's lives. And you may not know it yet, but my God, I'm going to empower you to do it. It's going to happen because you have it. You have it. But the way to pull it out of you is not to put you in a group with other people who have it and say, hey, y'all try to find something in common to talk about. It's to put you in a circle of people that already like you, who you've already impacted, who carried you to the gate, and you carried them. And you get to walk in and go, let me tell you about what Jesus did in my life. And the people that you used to take hits with will be the people that you're reading the Bible with. See what I'm saying? Mark my words. It's going to happen. Life change is going to happen. But number one, you have to realize that God's empowered you to do it. And number two, you have to be willing to step out and do it. So in a couple of weeks, when I get up and say, hey, these boxes are here, go get them. You better step on other people's faces to go get them. You know what I mean? Already starting out. Here's what's so cool. You are, Jimmy, how, where are you? Half the church is your circle. You know what I mean? Like, you, I, you don't even need me, bro. You are the church. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I just need to move out the way and let you work. See what I mean? So start now. Whether you go to work or the gym or McDonald's after church or whatever, go start now. Hey, man, I'm starting something. I got a circle starting. Oh, is your pastor going to be there? No, I don't need my pastor. God anointed me, bro. You know what I mean? Come on, I'm going to make some buffalo dip. For real? Yeah, we're going to watch the game. For real? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. Does that make sense? All right, so let me turn it again for a second. So, so Jamal, come here for a second. Pastor Brian, come here for a second. Malcolm, come here for a second. Where am I? Nick, Dallas, come here for a second. Hey, Chris, come here for a second. Ooh, about to get good. All right, y'all come up here. Y'all just kind of stand randomly. So cool. So, so when, this, when, when this idea started kicking around and we really landed on the idea of calling it your circle, one of the things that Pastor Brian said is he said, hey, man, do you realize that it's, he used the word prophetically. I don't know if you know what that word means, but he said, you kind of see how, like, our church kind of prophetically has this circle concept about it? If you see our logo, it's a circle. You go on our app, there's circles. Like, everything is a circle. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't notice that. Like, you're the more spiritual one. I didn't notice that. And, and, and so we, we, we set it on circle. But then the Lord showed me something so much different. So, 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 so right now, what you have, how many of us is there? Seven. So it's just... It was just seven individual people, right? No big deal. Do you have battles? Oh, okay. Cool. I do too. You got them? For real? You got some? Because, I mean, looking like that, I don't know if you have any battles. <laughs> Maybe trying to keep your wife off. That's the only battle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> More? Never mind. Okay. Uh, you, got, you got battles? Everybody? No, I'm talking to you, Pastor Brian. You got, yeah. Jamal, you got some battles? Miss Chris, you got some battles? Okay. All right. So, all right. I got battles too. Okay? I'm understanding that. So, I'm reading that verse, and I'm like, his battle was he was lame. Right? He, he was lame. That, that was his battle. So I have a battle. He has a battle. He has a battle. He has a battle. We all have individual battles. The temptation that the enemy wants you to do is to fight my battle alone. I'm dealing with something. Watch this. It's so cool. All right. Come here. Come here. Stand like right here. All right? All right? Pastor Brian, come here. Okay. Stand like right. Just leave me a little space right there, sir. Okay. Now come here. Lock arms with Pastor Brian. Chris, come here. Lock, lock arms with Jamal. Okay. Spin around a little bit. Come here, Dallas. Lock arms with Chris. Just Nick, get in right there. All right. All right. 
So then, Lord, watch it, watch it. So this is why I wanted it to be a circle, all right? Because you may not be able to see it right now, but hopefully you're smart enough to understand that if you could see us from an aerial view, we are, <laughs> we don't have a drone. That's birthday number three. Um, but we're, what are we in? So this is how I fight my battles. Catch it? This is how I fight my battles. Wait a minute. Man, I lost my job. I got to do this. No, no. This is how I fight my battles. I know I can't sing, but just go with me. Spirit of God is in the house. This was a biblical stance when it came to war. Do you know why? Because I can fight who's in front of me, but I don't have to worry about what's behind me. And I also don't have to worry about what's beside me because the crew that I'm with, we're in a circle. Jamal, hit me with that part. I don't have to fight. Say it. This is how I fight my battles. You need a circle. This is how I fight right? my battles. Right? This is how I fight my If you don't battles. have this, that's a problem this for you. But my point is you already kind of got this it. You just need it to be strengthened. Battles. Right? So watch this. this is how I fight Go ahead and hit into the surround battles. part. I don't know how music works. Get into that. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Now watch this. How many of y'all feel like you're surrounded by stuff sometimes? It may look like I'm watch surrounded, this. but I'm surrounded by you. Where am I? This it may look like, like I'm, I'm surrounded, surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Come on, you got to get more excited about oh, that. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I got people around you. me. I might go through it some stuff, but like I got a circle. I'm surrounded, I'm but surrounded. I'm surrounded by you. Now watch this. Get up and say, now. oh, now Pastor Brian's got something. Come on, don't stop singing. That's what you're here for. I, <laughs> I moved you here to sing, baby. It may sing. look like I'm See surrounded, I mean but I'm surrounded oh. by you. Malcolm's got problems now. Okay, okay. It may look like Okay. I'm... <laughs> okay. You get it? Are you with me on this? It may look, it may like, look like I'm, I'm surrounded, surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. you. I'm surrounded by men of God it may in look my life, like my I'm circle that are with me I'm to help me and lead me you. and direct me and to give me solid ground to it stand on. Like because when I'm going through something, I'm not alone. I have my circle. Come on, everybody stand with me right now. I'm fixing to pray over every one of you. Because the enemy's already telling you, I ain't gonna do this. It's, it's, he, he just creatively preaching small groups. It's not what's not what's happening. See, I, I called y'all out right now. Spirit of God is so cool. Because half your circle's in this room right now, and half of your circle's not. But the, the trick about all of this is that everybody was going in the most common direction. God wants to take that circle and make it about the same thing. So that when you're going through something, man, I got some people with me. I got a circle. And when they're down, I'll be there to pray for them. But when I'm down, they're there to pray for me. So I want to pray over you right now that over the next few weeks, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to your heart. And a couple of things are going to happen. Number one, he's going to tell you, you were called to do this. You have an anointing on your life to lead people. And I know you think you don't have what it takes. I know you don't think you're spiritual enough. Do you know me? If God will use, the Bible said he'll use a donkey. Take the other word for it. He's using one right now. You know what I'm talking about? He's using one right now. 
Of course he could use you. Of course he could. So go ahead and get rid of that. Second, I don't have any, sir. Yes, you do. There are people in here we're going to link you up with, but there's also people that you're already impacting. Father, we come right now humbled by your word, even more humbled that you would use us, that you would count us worthy to be a communicator of your word, to be a vessel of your Holy Spirit. I'm a firm believer, Lord, that this is why you spent three and a half a year of, of your life building a circle, because you knew this was the answer. I'm so thankful for the circle in my life. I, I, would, I would die for every one of them, Lord. I hope they know that, and I know they feel that same way about me, and it's priceless. And I know that every person in here deserves that. They deserve it. And so, God, I pray right now that any hindrance, any thought that might stop them from doing this, that you would remove it, that you would show them and affirm in them that you have called them for a time like this to lead the people that are naturally in their life. And not only are they going to be better by leading, but they're going to see you work miracles right in front of their eyes. And it will be those miracles that will make them even more passionate to serve you. Call them right now, God. Every one of them that's in this room, tell them right now. That's why you're here. That's why God sent you to victory. It's not to hear sermons, not to see balloons, not drop. It's to be able to be a part of a circle where you're impacting lives. God, over the next couple of weeks, let, us, let that just cement in our heart, cement in our spirit, to be ready for you to be able to impact everybody that we get to impact in our sphere of influence. Lord, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said...